Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast for this uh, Sunday. Uh, as I record this, I'm actually cruising down Charlotte Street in downtown Rochester, where I have not I have not driven down here since they had all these condos built. This is a beautiful area now. Man, the uh, fill in the inner loop project and then whatever they did here on Charlotte Street, like these condos are nice. It reminds me of that TikTok. Girl, this all you. It does. It looks like, man, I mean, I'm sorry. This is very visual and this is radio. But as you'll hear in this podcast, uh, getting a little, I think, maybe rusty regarding radio. Because, well, I was a little rushed in this podcast. I was just, I had gotten there just a little bit late to interview Stacy. Stacy's very busy, very important, has only a certain uh, period of time. She's got to write everything she's got to write for TV. So, um, needed to get a lot in a little bit of time. And I hope we got enough into this interview. Stacy is such a great person, such a, a person I really respect and think a lot of. And I, I'm glad we got to get as much in as we did. And she gave me a ton of time, and I'm so thankful for all of that. And uh, I think you're going to learn a lot about Stacey Penskin here in this uh, interview. In the meantime, I do want to talk about a couple things before that. Uh, I do want to mention that the hernia surgery, I am still recovering from this damn hernia surgery, man. I, uh, I'm still sore. It was, I guess as you're hearing this podcast, it would have been 10 days ago. As I'm recording it, it was nine days ago. And uh, the first couple of days after surgery were pretty painful. I think last week when I podcasted, it was still pretty painful. But now I'm just into sort of a general soreness. It's not like super painful, but it's also just not comfortable. You know, you just can't get comfortable yet. And so that's kind of been a bit of a pain is uh, getting through this week. The other thing is, as my body is recovering from this surgery, I'm just getting so damn tired so early. Like, I am somebody who is used to, you know, I'm a, a 12-hour day to me is a pretty normal day. That's that's me. I work 12-hour days. You know, easy day is going to be an 8- to 10-hour day. Hard day is going to be a 14- to 16-hour day. But, you know, realistically, we're looking at about 12 hours a day. This whole week, I would get absolutely pooped right around the 6-hour mark. Just, just ha- you know, basically having half stamina of what I would normally have. And I mean, just be tired, like just over the top cloud of just tiredness would come over me all this week as I was, um, you know, getting over this thing. So I'm still not completely over it. I do go on Tuesday to see the surgeon for the first time. Of course, I'm paranoid, you know, that like I've ripped it open or something. Um, For anyone who knows anything about hernia surgery, I did not get mesh placed over my hernia. That was the surgeon's choice. Uh, ideally you don't want mesh and if they think they can repair it without that that's great but it does put you at even higher risk for recurrence and so of course knowing that I'm at some sort of high risk for recurrence I'm just going to be paranoid literally for the rest of my life every time I lift anything that I just re-ripped my hemorrhoid or my hemorrhoid my hernia hemorrhoid's a very different thing (laughs) sorry (laughs) so there's that I do see the surgeon Tuesday. I'm wearing this sort of middle body brace. It comes off. It's not like a cast. It comes off and I can shower, but it's really only supposed to come off during the shower. It's supposed to basically stay on any other time. And so uh, Tuesday is the day I'm supposed to get this thing off permanently. And so I'm very excited about that as well. Uh, But anyway, that's about it. Just wanted to check in regarding the surgery. Just wanted to say how much I appreciate Stacy for coming on and doing the podcast. 
Uh, very, very busy days these days, getting into the holiday week here coming up this weekend, going into 4th of July. Should at least get a day or two to relax there, which I'm, of course, looking very forward to. But in the meantime, um, just going to be some busy days. And next week's podcast at this point isn't yet planned, but I will say this. I don't know what's exactly going to happen with this, but I was reached out to by Evan Dawson of WXXI who listened to my podcast a couple of weeks ago with Simona. And Evan asked Simona and I to come on WXXI to talk about uh, culture and how culture changes from its purest form when, when you know ancestors come over, when our grandparents come over, in Simona's case, her parents, in my case, my great-grandparents, and how sort of culture can change over the course of decades and generations. And uh, so I think that's happening this week. I know Evan's been on vacation all this week. So I, I plan on asking Evan to be on this podcast. Probably I'll just put him on the spot and ask him when I see him to do his show. That said, this whole week he was filled in for on XXI by Scott Feibush, who completely, completely coincidentally, I recently asked to do the podcast as well. Feibush is a radio historian. I think I talked about him in last week's podcast, but he's basically a local media historian. And I asked him, completely unbeknownst to the fact that he was going to be filling in on XXI, if he'd do the podcast sometime soon. So hopefully those will be my next couple. Might mix in a, a monologue or two in there as well, uh, assuming everything goes well. Okay? I think that's everything, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, the great Stacy. I have never been more excited for a podcast. I'm like bursting. I think that's a lie. Oh, no, no. I'm very excited because I read your Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, man. And I found things on your Wikipedia page that I'm so excited to get into. And it's not even what you think it is. And now I'm even more nervous. Because I'm glad like, you're busting, it seems. Oh, well, because here's the thing. Because like <laughs> I bet everyone, like the first time they learn that you have been a competitive athlete at very high levels throughout mm -hmm. your life are like, oh, cool. What a strange thing. That's not even what I, I mean. We're going to talk about that. Don't get me wrong. And we're going to talk about weather and TV. So what is it? Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Yeah. Are you? I, I'm not from, but I have been, I dated a girl from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. <laughs> I've been to Bloomfield Hills dozens of times in my life. It's I've a, slept there. It's a cool place. How many people know Bloomfield Hills, Michigan? I mean, not many, but. Not in Rochester. No, not in Rochester. But you know what's funny? Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, to me, felt very much like the suburbs of Rochester. Really? It's just the, you know. It high, well, it was very high end. It well, felt yes, high end. that's where all the cars. Okay, so yeah. I lived, when I lived in Bloomfield Hills, yeah. I lived on the border of Pontiac and Bloomfield Hills. Okay. So that's kind of like, yeah, Bloomfield <laughs> Hills is really nice where all the car executives lived. Yeah. 
but I'm like just on the border of not so nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're <laughs> from yeah. Rochester, though, right? Yeah, I'm from from Rochester. Um, you know, I I think I was born at RGH, okay. <laughs> born and raised in Rochester. Um, Fairport has been my hometown since I was like two. How did you end up in Bloomfield Hills? Because it was high school, right? Yeah. So that brings us to my skating career. Okay. So that was an athletic. Yes. Yeah, so I moved away when I was 16. And okay, back up. We, I was going to say, can we back up again? <laughs> back up just a little I'm bit. I'm the worst. I've lost all my <laughs> skills. All right. Let's just go in order. Then. Okay. So, so I was born. No, yes. just kidding. Um, so my skating career, I started skating when I was six. And it's all I ever knew. I loved it. It was my thing. And when I was about, I want to say 11 or 12, we would go away every summer to train. And the first time, first summer, we went to, um, uh, oh my gosh, Kingston. Why can I not remember it? Somewhere in Canada. Okay. Somewhere in Ontario, Canada. I can't think of the name of it right now. There is a Kingston, isn't there? (sighs) Yeah. Is that not, it that might be. I don't up? think that's it, though. No, that might be Justin Bieber's hometown, actually. <laughs> it might be. I think. I, I'm pretty sure I would have known if I went there. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, and then we went to Indianapolis one summer, and then we started going to Detroit, Michigan, because that was where one of, well, Richard Callahan, who coached Tara Lipinski, Todd Eldridge, Nicole Bobek, he was actually from Rochester, so we had a connection with him. He grew up skating at, at Genesee Figure Skating Club, which is where I grew up skating here. And he moved out to Detroit, and he that was his training center where he coached. So we had a connection, obviously, with him because he was from here. So when I was, I think, 12 or 13, um, I started going out to Detroit for, you know, four weeks over the summer to it's just you know like kids go to summer camps yeah I went to skating camp yeah and super intense or was it it was fun oh my gosh it was so much fun fun. it was so I mean it's highly competitive yes yes because this is where this is where Olympians trained so yes it was highly intense but at the same time it was so much fun we loved going we would bring uh, half a dozen skaters here from Rochester and we would go and we would have fun and we stayed in a trailer and <laughs> it was just it was a lot of fun so I started going there and I went there until I was about 16 every summer and then you know my skating career kind of really started to take off Rochester New York isn't a isn't necessarily known as a skating training facility yeah. town um so I would travel to Detroit, you know, once a month to train with Mr. Callahan. And then eventually when I was 16, I, right before, it was two weeks before school started, we were in Detroit, you know, for the summer training. And my, one of my parents would go out with me and they would basically blow their whole year's vacation on that summer and, yeah. and just being able to be out there with me and I remember by the way what a sacrifice too, oh I know because probably at the time maybe you didn't realize I don't no, know what kind of kid you no. were but now as an adult you look back you're like oh my god like it's all I knew so I just it sounds so selfish but it's yeah. all it, I expected it because yeah. it's what my parents did for me and I, I thought that was normal and now being an adult it's not normal it's not normal <laughs> it's and not it's a wake normal up and, and honestly oh I have a toddler yep. and the amount of time that he takes and I just think well I took that amount of time from my parents yeah so and I didn't even realize it I just thought oh look me I'm the center of attention and I'm not an only child there's four of us oh my goodness yeah so my parents were I mean just went above and beyond what 
I think any normal parent probably yeah. should do. But do you have those my moments gosh. these days where you just have to like look at your mom and dad and just be like, yeah. thank you. Well, oh my gosh. You. Like, yes. Yeah. You know how like on Mother's Day and Father's Day and birthdays, you write, you give them cards and you write little notes and you're like, you're the best ever. Yeah. No, but really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the best ever. Yeah. Well, think about that. It's like, well, I got to go. To, I'm moving to Detroit for a month. Yeah. Because my kids are figure skating. Well, right. <laughs> what did they do all day? They just hung out in Detroit? They were at the rink. They would go and... You know, they would watch. Yeah. Eventually, it got kind of boring, you know, watching <laughs> four or five hours of skating every single Anything day. Anything would. If you yeah. Had, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they would yeah. go and run errands, or maybe my mom would go shopping cool. or, or whatnot. Nice malls in, in uh, that area, too, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, gosh. Now I'm having a brain fart. I I w- Somerset. I Somerset Mall. It was Somerset. It was Somerset yes. Mall. Yes. I would have never came up with that, <laughs> yep. but hearing it now, yes, that's right. So, two weeks before school started... Um, we were in Detroit finishing up that summer of skating. And I said, I, I think I want to move here. <laughs> My parents were like, uh, okay, <laughs> we'll make it work. And we did. And two weeks later, I started school in Bloomfield Hills. And that was my junior year. So Am I allowed to ask how old you are? I... I you don't just, have to answer. No, I, I just turned 39. So I'm trying to remember. Okay. So we're just about to... I'm <laughs> I 38. just turned 39. So we're about to, actually about the same age. Yeah. Uh, did, did, uh, uh, I don't think actually the kids, so again, Bloomfield Hills, mm-hmm. right? So the family that the girl that I dated mm-hmm. and then her brother was my agent was actually my roommate. So like, did she go to like sacred heart? I oh, okay. Say. Does that ring a bell? Sort of. Okay. Was so it a private school? They all went to private okay. schools. So like, you know, Bloomfield <laughs> I was like, Hills. did I go to school with her? <laughs> well, the last name is Iacobelli. I-A-C-O-B-A-L-I. No. It's a big area and they all went to private school. Their yeah. father was a dermatologist. Okay. And believe me, when I stayed in that house, like, yeah. cause they were in another world yeah. than like <laughs> yeah. most of us ever live in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I'm sorry. So you decide, so now you're in high school and it's like, I'm just going to up and go. But didn't you have friends in Rochester that you were leaving? I, of course. And now looking back, I think if I, I mean, I don't know how I made that decision because yeah. I don't think I could do it now. I could not do it now. I could not move away from my family. Mm-hmm. I could not move away from my friends. And back then I was, I think I was just too young to realize what I was doing. Well, and we're, we're ballsier when we're young. Yes. We are. I really don't yeah. think you truly grow up until you're like, 29 yeah and then and then you realize everything that you know but I loved it you know it was probably the best thing I could have done at the time yeah um I I told my parents I wanted to move they made it work I lived with a family my parents were not out there with me so you had like a host family yep a host family and went to school there went to Loster High School which was public school in Bloomfield Hills which is slumming it in Bloomfield Hills right (laughs) right Loster I think there's Loster and Andover can't wow it's all coming back to me now (laughs) yeah but yeah so I moved away when I was 16 and that was sort of the first there are two parts of my lives there's this the skating part yeah and then obviously the weather part, but yeah. that's oh, how... The f- I do want to ask one question that goes even pre before okay. like high school. And stuff. Okay. Wh- where does it come in? Like, where does ice skating first catch your eye? Because I remember sitting in the living room with my mother watching mm-hmm. the Olympics, yep. Oksana Bayul, and I think Tara Lipinska. I don't remember the names, but who was Oksana Bayul? She was from Russia, right? Yeah, she was Ukraine. Ukraine, okay. Yep. And she was like the arch nemesis of the state. And who was ours? Probably, oh gosh, I feel like she was pre-Michelle Kwan. 
So she might have been like Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, right. Christy Yamaguchi. Christy Yamaguchi. You've I never remember. heard of Tanya? Ta- oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> no, no. So, all right. So, but my mother's a huge figure skating fan. So, like, I actually grew up watching a little figure right. skating. If it was in the Olympics, like, that was an event oh. in, my, in our home. Oh, yeah. We were watching the, the, the figure skating. Back in the heyday of yeah. skating, it was like, cannot, it, it was must-see TV. Oh, yeah. It really was. Well, when the, when the uh, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan oh. thing, like that, that was. That was in Detroit. That was at Nationals in Detroit so uh, how where are you compared to them in terms of like were you ever around them or in the same they were no because they were a few years before me I want to say that was maybe 94 95 okay okay so that was nationals in 94 95 I started competing at nationals 98 99 okay so I was a few years after them so what is your like in the zone I mean bring me to competition day like what is a day in the life Stacy like on competition day gosh now you're really taking me back <laughs> honestly um very routine driven uh I'm a creature of habit so I don't remember you know when I got up if I had a specific thing for breakfast but you would always get up you would have uh, practice some sort of practice in the morning it was generally a light practice you didn't want to go overboard kind of conserve all your energy but get rid of your nervous energy and then get to the arena a good hour before competition, warm up. The one thing I do remember specifically is being so nervous that like I wanted to cry before I got on the ice. Like in the moments before you got on the ice? Right, when you're waiting there. If if you've ever watched skating on TV, cameras show all the skaters, you know, kind of like stretching their legs and getting ready while the Zamboni's going and then they call your name when you go out and everybody warms up. And it was those probably five minutes where you're standing there like waiting to step on the ice and just so nervous I wanted to cry and thinking why why do I do this and then you step on the ice and you're you just go does it what happens on the ice like what's your mentality on the is it all gone like do you even see the arena not really it's just you and the ice I do remember a few a few times at nationals we had we would have some some local skating fans who would come to nationals every year and I remember somehow picking out their faces like in the in, middle of a regime yeah in the audience yeah. um but otherwise no you just hear your music you're on the ice and yeah. it's just you know habit you're a robot you just you've done it so many times and how do you put together the and by the way is routine the right word or am i um program program okay. long how, program short program i apologize no so, no no. you're pretty good so how, <laughs> how do you put together your program like because you got to pick the music and you got to put it right everything together i mean is it you, 100% your coach, 50-50? It's a team effort. And actually, so you have your coach, who's your head coach, kind of facilitates everything. Um, You have your choreographer, who is based... My choreographer was a Russian ice dancer. So she, you know, is the artistic. I was was the athlete. I was the jumper. I was the spinner. I had no artistry. (laughs) I did not have very much artistic ability. So you were like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Exactly. But I don't know what order to do it in. Yep, exactly. So there's usually a set pattern um, that you do your jumps and your spins and you start off with something easy or you start off with your best jump that you know is going to just be solid for you and then your legs are under you and you go. But it's usually... Um, your choreographer or coach would kind of come up with some music choices or I would say, hey, listen, I really, I love this. I want to skate to this. 
and it's it's always a group effort. My God, we have to get to weather at some point. Okay. Like, I'm just loving this so much <laughs> because I, you're bringing me back to sitting on that living room floor with my mom uh-huh. and my mom being on the edge of her seat yeah. and like the announcers being like, she has the triple axle coming. Yeah. Is she going to be on the, here it comes. And she got it. She got it. And my mother just being like, yes. You know, and me being like, yes. 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 Yeah, you know. And then also then when when it wouldn't go well and you right. would just be like, oh. Oh, I've had God, a few of those. No. I remember that. Yeah. Well, bring me to the highest high and the lowest low. So my highest and then we'll move high, on <laughs> I would say my highest high was in 2000. Or yeah, it was 2000. I competed in, it was my first it was my first senior international, but it was a big one. It was four continents. That was in Japan, Osaka, Japan. And it was the first time that I competed against like the, the big people, mm. the really good people. Yeah. And I actually won money. <laughs> I remember awesome. Mr. Callahan saying, you, you need a new car, go out and win it. And oh, I, you know, I didn't really think anything of it, but I did. Yes. <laughs> I went out and I, I think it won like $20,000 or something like that. But it all goes, it goes towards training because of training course. was insanely expensive. And also if I was your father, I'd be like, you know, I moved to Michigan yeah. every summer. Yeah. I get a car. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was probably my highest high. It How'd was, you do there? I got second. Second, okay, yep. okay. I came Tell in second. Tell me about the bitch you got first. What the hell? I'm just she kidding. was my teammate. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, she's cool. We love her. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so she was my teammate, <laughs> and it was awesome. And the one thing I remember, uh, Susie Wynn did in the Kiss and Cry. You know, the interview afterwards, and and all of these skaters are always so well versed and knew exactly what they were going to say. And she said, "How do you feel right now?" And I said, I'm so excited. I could die. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we have it on tape, but to this day, I will not watch it. That's awesome. (laughs) And my lowest low was, you know, towards the end of my career when I kind of peaked and I still made it to nationals, but didn't do well. And it was one of those where you just couldn't make anything work. Like one of those programs where popped which means I went up and I didn't rotate I didn't do three rotations I did one and popped open in the middle of the air and it it was just one of those where you're like oh my god I just did that in front of all these people how do you even finish the program when you're like well this is you have to screwed anyway you can't you know you can't say I quit yeah Yeah, (laughs) you train too hard and and you don't you just don't do that yeah so you suck it up and you try to dig down and remember everything that used to work yeah yeah (laughs) Do but, I skate to this day? Do I what? Do you skate to this day? No. no? I actually, I don't own figure skates anymore. Really? But it's only because, so when I quit skating, I started coaching. Okay. And then I was working, or I was the morning meteorologist when I finally stopped coaching because I was getting up at two in the morning. And when I was done at work, the last thing I wanted to do was go into a cold ice arena (laughs) and work some more. So I was just too tired. So I kind of, you know, once my students all moved on or graduated or stopped skating, then I just said, you know, this is is kind of a good time for me to step back from that and really focus on weather. But so I put my skates in in a storage closet which was kind of outdoors and skates are leather and summer and winters went by and and leather doesn't it doesn't age well and were were you over it no i mean i still watch it yeah and it still brings me back and i still love it but but you're not going out there skating at all no not competitively but even just for fun why i have hockey skates okay 
and I've actually played hockey more recently. Okay. <laughs> I figure skating. Okay. Great. Good. Good. Just like a fun little rec league or something, or or just for fun. Pick uh, up game. No, I mean I was asked to fill in on a uh, work. Hell like yeah. sort of beer league. Hell yeah. Did everyone there know about your past? Or they did. You? did. And and okay. I remember they said, could you play hockey with us? And I said, I don't own hockey skates and I don't know how to play hockey. Yeah. They said, okay, well, if we can get you hockey skates, if we can get you hooked up. Can you play with us? I said, well, why don't I start by filling in? If you guys need to fill in, if you need a body, I'll do it. And they said, okay, cool. Can you fill in tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how... It's kind of how I got into hockey, and it was so much fun. And and uh, long story short, that's how I met my husband as well. No kidding, hockey. really. Yeah. On the on the rink. Sort of in the rink. He he works for the Sabers, so he was in a training camp. I was at a figure skating competition cool. with my students, and and worlds collided. That's awesome. Yeah. So the two great professional passions of your life, yep. right? Skating and weather. Mm-hmm. At some point, I guess we should talk about weather, uh, right? <laughs> we so, can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> so you're in love with figure skating your whole life. At what point does weather impress you in some way? Is that all the way back to childhood as well? You know, it's funny. You asked how sort of skating came into the picture. I have yeah. no idea. I don't remember. But I can tell you when my love for weather started. Okay. And that was about, I was probably 11 or 12. And my grandparents used to live in Florida, uh, like near Orlando, Ocala. And we used to go down and visit them. And I just remember watching the Weather Channel and saying, oh, we're going to go, you know, we're going to Florida at the, in two weeks or a week or whatever. And I would start watching the weather and, and I just became obsessed with it. And I think that's something that most meteorologists have in common. They are just out of this world obsessed with weather well i was here filming a promo with you like a month ago or something yeah. and i don't remember what it was there's some weather event happening right and you like made this motion where you're like oh yes, yes. <laughs> and i was like look at that she like <laughs> loves this. i do that's great what is the thing what is the <sighs> thing about weather that you're just like that that's what gets me going i think it's just i mean it's the awesomeness of mother yeah. nature for instance and you know it's not always a good thing but the storms that we had on monday there were a few houses in my neighborhood that got destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's the awful part of it. Mm-hmm. But literally one street over, we didn't have a branch down. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's cha- It's always changing. It's, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but it's unpredictable. What about being a meteorologist in Rochester? This seems Ooh. like a great place to be a oh. meteorologist. You get everything, right? You get everything. I, I, what are you going to do? Go to Miami and all you have is like... Hurricanes. Summer and hurricanes. Right. That's it. Well, yeah. I, I've always said... You know, San Diego has beautiful weather. I would love to live there, but you couldn't pay me enough to work there. It would be incredibly boring, and to be perfectly honest, really hard to fill a weather cast with, it's going to be sunny in 75. It's going to be sunny in 80. No, Rochester's the best. It would be, right? I mean, you actually get to see it all, experience it all. We have four seasons. I know everyone says that, but sitting here with you, it's even making me just appreciate we really have it all to the extreme. Because I always wonder how kids in Florida grow up thinking about Christmas. Christmas in 80 degrees doesn't seem right. No, and and you put, you know, lights on palm trees. What is that, that Corona commercial that they always play at Christmas time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to uh, Florida for a bachelor party a few years ago in December, and there's boats going by with Mm -hmm. Christmas lights. That doesn't seem right. I mean, I feel like every now and then it it would be nice, you know, to go and and enjoy Christmas with palm trees around. But no, it's just Christmas is supposed to be with family and snow and 
twinkle lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so how do you break into, so you like weather, that's yep. one thing. Yep. There's some people that like weather. How do you like weather and say, I'm going to make a career of it? Where do you get that first break? Well, I actually think skating gave me my first break okay. because, so when I quit skating, moved back to Rochester, said, I want to do weather. I went to school at uh, SUNY Brockport, got my degree there. And as part of uh, our degree, you had to do an internship. So all of the TV stations, generally speaking, offer internships. I grew up watching the ABC affiliate, <laughs> Channel 13, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. And I knew the sports people there. I reached out and interviewed for an internship. And while I was there for my interview, I remember Mike Catalana came in and he wanted to interview me <laughs> for something skating related. So I really think skating helped me get my foot in the door. And a lot of times that's what you need is, you yeah. know, something to help get you there. You were like, you were like a quasi celeb at that point. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to say that, but yeah. Like I was they, on the down, you know, the downward, downward trend of my career, but. But I mean, but I would say that you were on the sports cast. Like yes. when you went to Japan, I'm sure they reported on you right. locally and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got my foot in the door. And that was an internship? Yep. Okay. Um, to be perfectly honest, I never wanted to be on TV. <laughs> really? I never wanted to do what I'm doing right now. What did you want to do? Just do, do the forecasting yeah. and like write this I, I thought I wanted to do National Weather Service. Um, just forecast. I love the science of weather. Yeah. So just doing behind the scenes stuff, forecasting behind the scenes, and getting that internship kind of pushed me in the TV direction. And I'm so glad it did because I, I mean, I get to talk about my yeah. passion. Everyone says, you know, weather is water cooler talk. And what's the weather today? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Could you imagine just running into you, not knowing who you are, like being in an elevator with you on vacation or something, being like, what do you think of the weather today? And you being like, oh. Well, oh, let me. When I'm, when I'm in Wegmans, like standing in line and someone <laughs> starts talking about the weather, it takes every ounce of me not to turn around and be like, no, that's actually. not what's going to happen. <laughs> or, hey, you actually listened. <laughs> well, what is, tell me about the actual science of weather. Oh. Like, okay, so we're, we're recording this. It's almost, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Uh, you're on TV at five, is mm-hmm. that right? And so you've got a few couple hours. What, what happens before five o'clock? A lot of people think, you know, we just show up, someone does our hair, someone right. does our makeup and ta-da, there we are. But I actually come in between 1.30 and 2.00. And I sit down and I spend a good hour making a forecast, starting from scratch every single day. You look at what's happening now. You look at what's happening in Bloomfield Hills, because generally speaking, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what comes our way in six hours. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I spend a good hour doing that. We do uh, some radios. We do Alexa updates. We do web, social media um, so you have like a little to-do list. Yes. But the actual forecast is a matter of you're looking you're looking at what, what's happening over there in mm-hmm. the, another part of the country. And then we have models. Mm-hmm. We look at, it's, it's literally model guidance. It is a computer modeling the atmosphere and what it may look like, you know, in six hours or in 12 hours or in 10 days. And you have to have some experience in order to, you know, read these models. Any weather buff can sit there and read a model but you have to know sort of the nuances of specific models some models handle convection better some models handle dry air better so 
So it's a science, it's, like you said. It is a, it's, it's an art and a science, yeah. and it's a little bit of gut instinct as well. Do you even have the weather app on your phone, or did you immediately delete it and say, I will not take part in this? Well, I have our <laughs> weather app on my phone, okay. and I also have what my go-to is radar. Okay. I mean, even when there's nothing going on, I will pull up radar just habitually but like the iphone weather app you're like no oh, hell no. No. Hell no no and if someone says but my but my my app says and i said well what app do you have what app are you looking at right right <laughs> i sound like such a snot <laughs> no i love it uh regarding the forecast the uh 10 day forecast 10 day seems rough to me what, it is. Do, do they force you to do 10 day because people want to know that because well, they want to know next yes. weekend I, I mean i literally have gotten probably two emails and it doesn't sound like a lot but two emails in the last two weeks saying what's it going to be in six weeks? (laughs) And I, I laugh internally. And then I, you know, reply and say, listen, it's way too far away. I cannot even fathom a guess at this point, but feel free to reach back (laughs) in a few weeks and, you know, we'll do our best. How far out are you like a hundred percent sure? Uh, Sometimes we're not 100% sure an hour out. No, I know. It depends. But I would say generally speaking, you know, three, four days out, pretty good. But it's like, you know, if, if I, I'm awful at basketball, but I'm going to use this as an example. <laughs> you're standing under the hoop or just because you're standing under, it would be really hard to make a basket, right? <laughs> so you step what? Like three feet out, yeah. slam dunk, like easy. You, yeah. can, you can make that. You take five steps back and Perfect. it gets a little harder. And then you take five more steps back. And when you're, you know, at half court, eh. That's probably like your 10-day forecast when yeah. you're trying to make a basket at half court. And you're like, I hit the rim. Right. Like, I, was close. I was close. Come on. I was in the, it was in the realm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this is probably something that just comes up all the time. And I'm sorry because I know this is a hack <laughs> question, but people giving you shit for being wrong. No, I'm glad you bring it up okay. because as angry as you may be or, I mean, we understand you, you rely on our forecasts. It's important for us to be right. Yeah. As angry as you may be, if we bust a forecast, I am 10 times angrier at myself. Because number one, we have to put up with all of the crap. (laughs) But number two, that's our credibility. I mean, that is my livelihood. So if we're forecasting a snowstorm Mm -hmm. and we're forecasting it to start overnight and we get six inches by morning, I will wake up every half hour and look at radar. Fingers crossed that mother nature is doing what we think she's going to do. All right. Let me ask you a behind the scenes question. Okay. You, you might not even want to answer this. Okay. How much of this happens? Because I know in radio, this used to happen. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, Hetz goes saying eight inches. Yeah. Yeah. What, how much does that happen? When he's saying yeah, something. Yeah. Well, you know, Hetz goes saying eight inches over there. Right. Eight, eight saying four inches. Where are you going to go stay? So like, does that ever happen? Or, or are you just like, no, you know what? I'm in my lane. Yeah. Oh, Screw no. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, we're all looking at our, at the same data. Yeah. It's all the same data. It's how we interpret it. And no, it, it happens. And, and sometimes you, you make your own forecast. Sometimes you'll look at a competitor or the weather service and sometimes you'll say, what the heck are they thinking? <laughs> yeah. Or you'll say, you know what? Spot on. Agree 100%. Yeah. And sometimes you second guess yourself. But, you know, we're all we we do this for a reason. We're generally pretty good at it and we're all educated in it. Yeah, sure, sure. How hard is it to learn how to use the green screen? Uh, it's it's not easy. <laughs> I remember my very first time on air. 
I was trying to point to Rochester and I was pointing to Washington, D.C. <laughs> I still, to this day, because it's not like looking in a mirror, it's the opposite. So if you think you're moving to the right, you're really moving to the left. Okay. So it's almost like you speak your own language when it right. comes to standing in front of that thing. Right. So do you, do you, to this day, when you're on TV, just like are kind of double, triple checking, am I pointing in the right place? Only when I first start. Okay. <laughs> Only when I first started start a weather cast. Yeah. Because if I'm standing in the middle and I know I need to step to the right in order for you to or for me to step out of you know the the words that are going to come up on screen I'll kind of do a little like right left okay I'm good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no once you get going you just go and it's like second nature now yeah yeah I mean you do you are obviously you're awesome you're on in our home we, oh, thank appre- you. we appreciate you and everything you do appreciate that um, and, and, and <laughs> You know, it's it really is great. But I want to ask you a little bit more about your career. So, uh-huh. thirteen, you're an intern. Is that right? I was an intern there. Was that your first job? Or? Yep, that okay. was my first job in and out of college. I was actually hired the summer going into my senior year. Okay. So uh, that was my. It was an internship between junior and senior years. I remember after that internship ended, Glenn Johnson, who obviously was chief and. Um, I was interning under I remember he said we want to offer you a part-time job (laughs) and I to this day remember saying I'm so excited you don't even have to pay me (laughs) (laughs) and he was like well don't worry we'll pay you (laughs) yeah yeah was that an Um, on-air job then no well so that was behind the scenes they had the GMA Good Morning America cut-ins where we would just put up a a graphic forecast graphic for that morning and then you would do a voiceover so my face wasn't on TV, but my voice was. So quasi sort of on TV. And then a weekend gig opened and um, we didn't, Howard manages Howie. He's now in Binghamton, I believe, uh, the chief out there. We kind of split Thursday, Friday. Richard McCullough was, or maybe it was Mark McLean. I can't remember who it was at this point. Uh, took weekends. There's a Thursday, Friday noon show. So that was my first I think I had Fridays. Okay. Friday noon was my first face on air. Last big question because I know you're out of time. Yeah. The the move from uh, 8 to 10 had to be a big deal, right? I mean, you had to like sit. I mean, that wasn't the type of thing that you probably just said one day. No. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. No, these I mean, aren't. That had to be months worth of I wonder, thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I went from 13 to 8, I cried because I grew up watching 13 and it was sort of home and 8 was a full-time job and it was my first full-time job in weather and I learned a ton and then you know you move from one home to another home right and it's and they and, it literally and, is like moving to different homes and in that case I would imagine they understand because it's a part-time job versus a full-time job I don't think that and I don't know your story I don't think that would be burning a bridge right no because I mean I would hope not I don't think so. I would hope not and you know it's very different in TV because there are thousands of people every day who make you know they they make a job choice and they they move to a different place maybe they move to a competitor and and no one thinks twice about it I know isn't that weird but (laughs) but when you're you know on tv and you do it it's oh my gosh what's what's happening (laughs) it's a it's a very changing industry right now so there's a lot you know you've probably seen there's a lot of comings and goings and oh yeah yeah yeah. I was I was going not too long ago yeah Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you get it yeah exactly so, but eight to ten, I mean, it was a big move. But here, you're you're chief meteorologist, right? Here, uh, co-chief. Rich co-chief. and I are. We, you know, the thing is with with chiefs, as long as you have a department that runs yeah. well, 
it's it's a title. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are certain instances where you, someone needs to make a decision. You have to be sort of the middleman between the team and management. So there are certain times when it absolutely is necessary. A lot of times it's, you know, just a word. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about weather, sorry, it's too, I'm, I'm going to. You're okay. You're okay. All right. So one other <laughs> thing I think is so cool about weather is how like some days it's just the weather because it's kind of like it's sunny and 72 yeah. for the next few days. Yep. And then other days it's like blizzard time and it's like front it's and center. It's go time. It's go time. It's go time. We've got people here. We've got people there. Stacy's in the studio. Yep. Let's go. And you're like the whole opening block is just you. Yep. That's got to feel to you. Is that like, all right, this is what we train for. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is, you know, it kind of is, but at the same time, and it took me a while to actually grasp this. I always thought exactly what you're saying. You know, it's go time. This yeah. is when it really counts. Yeah. But is it because if you're, you know, at the Red Wings game or you are at Johnny's, you know, little little league game and you see a dark cloud in the distance, a little shower is is not good. Mm. So that's go time too. And that's it. it it I took me this. a while to kind of bring myself to realize that because you always think it's the big stuff that is the most important, but it's not always. It's you're having a picnic or I, and I used this example yesterday. I had a girl email me about her bachelorette party. She was renting a boat and she just wanted to know, should I cancel this? You know, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but to her on that day, it is. But I love that you're like there to answer those questions yeah. for people. Like, and I feel so bad when I cannot give a like. You know what? You're good. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Nobody knows though. It's you're like you said. Like even yeah. right this second, you're only ninety nine point nine percent sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy, thanks for doing this. Well, thanks for having me. This I is my first it. podcast ever. Really? Really? It's like I described to you before. It's like radio, but nobody's <laughs> listening. And I can keep my hair up because <laughs> your hair. Yeah, sure. You look great. Well, like, I hope people. Are is this not TV ready, by the way? No, I mean this is pretty much TV ready. Yeah. I'll I'll powder my face so I'm not shiny, and then I'll you know <laughs> redo my hair so I don't have this cone on my head. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it looks good. <laughs> well, and we're you. in, and we should also say we're actually in the Channel Ten studio. We right are. Now, we're sitting on cool. this couch. Does this still feel cool and like magical to you? Because to me, this seems cool. This is TV. I mean, I was in radio, so like we never had lights or cameras right. or anything. So. Uh, kind of yes and no. I mean, it's you walk into it every day, almost every day of your life, but then. It's funny, when I'm waiting, say at the green screen and I'm watching our anchors, I'm like, that's so cool. This is what everyone sees on TV. And I don't think anything about what I'm doing, (laughs) but it's cool. There's definitely some magic in it every day. What's your best on-air flub? Like if they ever come to you and you just weren't ready and you're just like, my, "Uh." my, no, I've never done that. Although that is literally my nightmare. I have nightmares about not being prepared. (laughs) I think my biggest flub was not my fault. Kevin Doran, who used to be uh, the main anchor at Channel 8, uh, I had started my forecast. He walked into the studio. And keep in mind, full forecasts are about three minutes long. He, the second he walked into the studio, started sneezing. Like, just nonstop sneezing. So I'm trying to deliver my forecast while not laughing. And eventually it just, you know, when you're, you're trying not to laugh because you can't, but you need to, and it makes it even harder. So by the end of it, I, I... I just lost it. I couldn't hold it anymore. Do you guys ever do that with each other where you just like, <laughs> I figure there's a professional courtesy where you're like, we're going to stay out of her eye line. We're going to stay. But every once I could see myself, if I was ever in an anchor chair, I could see myself being like, I'm going to make a break today. Sometimes. Just, just like a little, like right well, in the middle. I feel like that's more morning show, <laughs> okay, morning right. show appropriate maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's, you have to keep it real and, and you have to keep it fun. Okay. 
Thanks for doing this. It's my pleasure. Thanks You're for awesome. having me. No, I appreciate you doing it. Can't Thank wait you. to go home and make some pizza with your sauce. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>